Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. Good morning or good evening, Lewis. <laughs> Hello. Yes, good, good whatever day or of time, time of day this finds you. It's a flat circle. No one, no one really has a good handle on time. Time is irrelevant. Oh, there was an article in the BBC saying that time is a construct. We actually, time doesn't actually exist, which I have to. Did you probably need agree. to read that in the BBC? <laughs> Before that, were you like, oh, I thought God gave it to us? <laughs> I thought, I thought time was brought down by Neptune. Neptune gave us time. Big news, Lewis. Um, you, you know this news, by the way. Oh yeah. But you are a new dad. This is so hey. exciting. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Oh. It's actually so rare that when you tell me that we have news that I actually am across it. So <laughs> um, a rare and precious fact, yes. Um, thrilled. I have a five-week-old daughter. Her name's Olive. Uh, she's a really good baby. We're pretty into her. And that's why I've been away uh, for the last – I missed last week. I tried to join kind of, but it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's also no, why I, I genuinely have no idea – What's happening? Like whatever comes up today will be relatively new information. Today. Oh, great! You, it'll be fresh ears. It'll be really good yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it means also um, the Patreon is more important than ever because we've got more mouths to feed. <laughs> we've got to feed Olive. Uh, I mean, I don't give Lewis any of the Patreon money, but the point is, no. you know, you know, in principle, chip in, chip in like Nick O'Rourke, voiceover actor who was in last week's episode. He, uh, he decided I wanted to give him money. He said, "No, I'm going to give you money," and became a, a Patreon supporter. Thank you, Nick. Uh, David Blues. Comedian and game developer also signed up to Patreon this week. Thank you, Dave. Lewis, we've got some live shows so you can spend less time with your new family around the mm. country. Adelaide is happening in four weeks. Andrew Hansen, Gabby Bolt, Alice Fraser, Lewis, and myself. Uh, then we've got April 2nd at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Huge show. Gabby, Alice, Grace Tame, Vijarajan, that's what I reckon, Sammy Shah. And then Brisbane. Coming up at the end of March with a huge show for World Science Festival, Mark Humphreys, Mel Buttle, Mandy Nolan, Lewis and myself. Also, Lewis, we are talking with, on stage, live, uh, someone who is a 
Brisbane native, her name is Dr. Jessie Christensen. She is the head of the NASA Exoplanet Library, and she works on the JWST. She's probably one of the most smartest people we've ever had on the show. Um, So it's very exciting. We've we've had some smart people on the show. You know, we've had like the Bondi hipsters. We've had Dr. Carl. I don't even understand what her job is from what you've just told me. Like, what is an exoplanet? I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see in Brisbane. So that's exciting. Anyway, join us in Brisbane at the end of March. It's going to be very exciting. I'm recording Mind of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Yora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We needed a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, family reunions break out across the world as Twitter outage forces people to put down their phones and pay attention to their loved ones for one hour. And Sportsbet paid $9,000 for the communications minister on election eve, paid for her dinner. Minister Rowland said it wasn't lobbying, it was just a same dinner multi. And former Prime Minister Tony Abbott joins a climate sceptic think tank, a sentence that makes more sense than the phrase former Prime Minister Tony Abbott. It's the 9th of February, 2023. And this is the only media outlet that is not sued by Ben Robert Smith. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former Green Senator Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that takes the news and puts it in a blender with some protein powder. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's put in hold the money and the stability of being a lawyer for something much more exciting. Yes, she's a comedian. Floyd Alexander Hunt, welcome to Rational Fear. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, look, my pleasure. Look, why why shouldn't comedy be the backup job here? Shouldn't you be, you know, all gung-ho for a for a proper career in law? That's where the money is. I should. I think it's that my parents were really... It, it was It was like, when I said I was going to do law, they were really disappointed in me. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I've got to rebel. <laughs> anyway, it was very confusing. <laughs> and his career is long-serving, but his hip is brand new. It's broadcaster, podcaster and Rose distributor, Osha Gunsberg. Osha, you've got a new hip. Are you planning on any more upgrades in the future? No, I'm actually, uh, I'm on hip number, I walk on hip number one and hip number five. There was, (laughs) yeah, it's it's been a long and winding journey, but I'm finally here tonight and I'm grateful that none of you got that Guy Sebastian Australian Idol season one joke, but fine, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm I'm not planning on any more upgrades. I, I was listening out for the words battle and scars, Osha. I couldn't hear battle and scars together in a sentence, so I totally lost it. Never get behind me at the airport. I will always, always be touched by a security guard every time for the rest of my life. It feels like you've been a contestant on, like, the Granddad Bachelor, where instead of giving out a role, they've been giving out metal hips. Pretty much. I, but I, this is the great misconception, Lewis, as I never actually touch the roses. I just count. Them. I what? never touch them. Oh, People always think, well, I accept yeah. it. No, yeah. I'm like, like, I like a good roses. drug dealer, like the top drug dealer kingpin. He never touches the gear. He's the only broadcaster at Triple J who gets called daddy. It's Lewis Hobber. <laughs> no, I, I, I did beforehand as well. So it, this is just riding right on through. Coming up later, we are getting warmed up for the New South Wales state elections. We're going to be chatting with independent candidate for Wallandilly Shire and the Southern Highlands, Judy Hannon. We'll ask her, is the Gumnut Bakery overrated? But first, a message from this week's sponsor. Hi. 
Peter Dutton here. I'm calling on Albo to provide more information on the Indigenous voice to Parliament, but not in the format of a 270-page report. That's too much information. And not in the format of a series of one-on-one consultations from constitutional experts and the Prime Minister himself. That information is too oral, and as you know, I'm hard of listening, which is why I refuse to hear members of my own party advocating for a yes position. You could try to make a pamphlet with pictures that move when you pull a little tab, but it'll go straight into the shredder. If a report, briefings, conventions, pamphlets, a decade of development and even lobbying from my own party won't convince me, Peter Dutton, maybe there's another reason that a former Queensland cop is against an Indigenous voice to Parliament. I just can't put my finger on it. But if I did, I'd have to vocalise it and then I'd have to sue myself for defamation. And maybe that's the only detail that's missing. Albo. Authorised by Plausible Deniability Camera. Yeah, that, uh, that, that sketch uh, was sent off to legal. I don't know if it'll make it onto the internet as a whole, but uh, I think it'll be safe oh for the podcast. Oh, God. Is Floyd legal? Yeah. No, Flo- I, Floyd, I'm what, not being paid you... as a lawyer here, so I, I, as a comedian I say very funny. <laughs> uh, Dan, as, as someone who uh, the current live show I'm doing uh, was based upon that history of being sued by people such as the one in, that was not in that sketch, they said you, you need to read a disclaimer before you do your live show. So I'm standing on stage like I'm saying grace before a meal, reading a disclaimer. But Dan, I that is amazing. I love you that you just did that. <laughs> All right. This week's first fear. In a big win for the environment, Tanya Plibersek has killed off Clive Palmer's Waratah coal mine, saying that the earth can't sustain a coal mine and Clive Palmer at the same time. <laughs> it's a win, uh, but also not really a win. Yeah, since 2000, 7,000 projects were referred to the government under the Environmental Protection Biodiversity Act. Of those 7,000, 13 were refused in 20 years. Presumably, there are 6,987 projects that were greenlit. It was said that the real reason that Clive Palmer's mine was refused was because it was uh, the site was about 10 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef, not because Clive Palmer campaigned against the Labor government in the last three elections over the last decade. No, uh, not, that, not that reason at all. So there are also 117 new fossil fuel projects on the table by companies who are probably aren't as annoying to Labor as Clive Palmer. The real test will be, will Labor prevent those projects from going ahead to save the planet or just let them slide because they didn't spend $140 million against them in the last election? Fearmongers, if you were Clive Palmer this week, um, what would you be doing? to kind of save your coma. Well, I mean, first, you take a breath, wouldn't you, if, you, if you're Clive? Um, a long, deep, shuddering breath. And then I imagine he would go up to his little <laughs> attic and get his uh, big paws, grab a couple of little uh, tweezers and start building his tiny little Titanic 3 that he has inside a bottle. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense. This guy who started like a dinosaur park. I mean, he all he wanted to do was dig up old dinosaurs and burn them and put them in the sky. This is this is that was the completion of his dream. <laughs> it's just it's a stunning turn of events, and I can only imagine that just packets of Tim Tams were just terrified uh, at that moment that he, the news came. Have you ever seen him do the Tim Tams? It's terrifying footage. I'm sorry, you have to explain. <laughs> what do you mean, do the Tim Tam? Yeah. J- just go, Floyd knows what I'm talking about. Go and in, enjoy uh, 
your Google uh, cookies will never be the same once you write uh, Clive Palmer eats packet of Tim Tams. No, right does the Tim Tams. Steps off his private jet and essentially goes, whoop, <laughs> 13%. Makes <laughs> us go all in. Amazing. I think it's like it's a it's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move for a man that is, you know, prepared to put hundreds of millions of dollars on kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of incel looking dude standing at the side of the street holding big yellow signs um, for months. And to be shut down like that is pretty cool. Is it going to happen again? I'd like to hope so because you're going to have to back that up. You're going to have to go, <laughs> well, you can't do it either and neither, neither can you. It's it's a monster move. I'd like to see it happen more and see some sort of, I don't know, maybe Clive, do you see the writing on the wall? Clive, just get into some green energy there, Clive. Start building a battery factory. There's money to be made, buddy. That is, that is they- true. I hope they can do it with other cases where it's like, oh, yeah, it's 2,000 kilometres from Great Barrier Reef, but that's still too close. <laughs> just anything it, like in on this side of the world of Great Barrier Reef, they can just use that as precedent. It, I just, the, same, the same atmosphere, like the same air. Yeah, exactly. The same atmosphere. Get like the, the ocean leashes the same carbon out of the same atmosphere. Yeah. It doesn't matter where the fuck on the planet we think, think this is a long game. Like, obviously, Clive with Titanic 2 is that's his big focus, and the mining is really just a side operation. Mm. And I'd never put these things together, but is there a chance that his mining is really a long game for Titanic 2 because he thinks the only way I can make sure this <laughs> ship doesn't sink is to make is sure there are no water. icebergs left anywhere. <laughs> I see. I see where you're going here. And perhaps, thought. like when the West Antarctic ice sheet finally collapses, maiden voyage, Jack and Rose, we're doing it again. But this time, it's uh, it's oh, down hello. under. We have I to see. Jack has to complete a series yeah. of tasks to win Rose's affection, and if he does, yeah. guess who hands out the rose? <laughs> this is a rational fear. When the day comes. That most surely will when Titanic 2 sails into New York, you'll be able to say that you were here. This week's second fear, Australia Post is set to declare its first loss since 2015. Yes, profit is down for the first six months by 88%. Australia Post says that letters continue to decline at an unstoppable rate. And the the company said, quote, they're at a crossroads and the headwinds they are facing have never been stronger. And because they were so confused by the crossroads and the headwinds, they've just left a card (laughs) and returned back to the depot. Uh, So, And they also say by the end of the decade, the average Australian house Household will receive less than one letter a week. Fearmongers, how can we save Australia Post? So they said by the, by 2030, Australian households will receive one letter a week. That's impressive given Australia is going to be underwater by then. Like that is actually an achievement in and of itself. First idea is that they sell other people's mail. Because, like, I don't want to open my own mail. I want to open other people's mail and read their letters. <laughs> this is the new format. This yeah. is, the, you know, Osh is trying to develop a new a new TV format. Get rid of the news format. No one wants news comedy, Osha. We've tried here. What people want is what's inside this stranger's letter. Yeah, exactly. That's a reality show. They could also just start renting out post offices. You know, Sydney rent is so high. Just start, like, <laughs> renting out the offices. You could honestly rent out the post box for, like, 500 a week at the moment. Literally. What about if we start using the um, the little motorbikes for, like, Uber as well? If you go, <laughs> hey, I really just need to go down the street, and they're like, oh, great, that's where I'm going anyway, and then you hop on the back. 
They deliver a few letters on the way. It's like Uber Pool. Why not? They yeah. have the infrastructure. They have the pipeline. They have the staff. They know how to give a schmacko to an angry Labrador. They mm. know what they're doing. Also, we could easily stop the flow of WRXs coming in and out of Western Sydney all the way into the eastern suburbs uh, late on a Friday night. If you just had a couple of solid couriers there, you've already got the drops on every street corner. It's like it's like Idris Elba was here. Very much, you know, like just kind of running the blocks on the wire. It's beautiful. I really like the idea of getting to my house and seeing a bunch of cards saying, we couldn't deliver your 600 grams of cocaine. It's back at the depot. Come down to the post office and pick it up. This is a rational fear. The end of letter delivery could be closer than we think. The future is at some stage there will be no mail. When that is, it's hard to predict. This week's third fear, the Kiwis have intercepted our cocaine. Yes, the New Zealand Navy intercepted three tonnes of cocaine floating out in the Pacific, destined for Australia. The haul of 81 bales is worth $500 million. Unlucky for some of them, uh, they had four-leaf clovers on them. Some were marked with the Batman symbol. There is so much sass and snark from the New Zealand police. I think they said the word blow three times in their press <laughs> conference, which was very good. They also said that, oh, well, this is a 30-year supply for New Zealand, but only a one-year supply for Australia. Oh! Burn! Burn! Kiwis know how to party. Flo, these are your country people. Do they know how to party or are they just, are they are they popping everybody else's party here? Um, I think they know how to party. I mean, they should do it like Tom Hanks or something should try and like take credit for it and then New Zealand will be like, oh, actually it is, we do love it. Um, it is ours. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think it's just that um, Hobbit's uh, sort of, Weight ratio is quite small, so they only need a little bump and then they're away for... That gets them on the whole journey to the mountain. Whoever's gear it was... They are, they, someone has done marketing at TAFE. Like St. Patrick's Day is less than six weeks away. They've got four leaf clovers on there. They are ready to party. Like uh, your last name's Kinsley? You're Irish. Get it in you. That's amazing. There's, um, I think the true heroes every time there's a significant cocaine bust are um, people who leave comments on news articles like RIP. Like <laughs> I, there's a part of it that's like good, uh, good for you. Like that is because you're immediately on a watch list. But you know what? Yeah. It's worth it for the bit. <laughs> if you're a member of the Patreon, you're about to hear Extra Fear. That's one more story than usual. If not, sign up to hear the story. We're going to be talking about Alan Tudge. If you're not a member of the Patreon, you're going to hear an ad. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Judy Hannon, the independent candidate for Wallandilly Shire and Southern Highlands, who's got some things to say about chlamydia-free koalas. G'day, Irrational Fear listeners. Just popping in here to say, yes, this is the uh, the ad you've been promised. It's an ad for our sponsor, Australian Ethical, who've jumped on board to sponsor the next 10 weeks of the Irrational Fear podcast. Australian Ethical are awesome folks. They, uh, they basically manage money ethically. So if you've got a whole stack of money you need to do something with, but you don't want to put it into things like weapons, human trafficking, fossil fuels, a new police academy film, they won't invest in those. They'll invest in good things, things that are sustainable, um, promote businesses that do incredible things in the environment, around health, around equity. That's the kind of people you want looking after your money. That is Australian Ethical, and they are the sponsor of Irrational Fear. Big thank you, Australian Ethical. Hope to, um, you know, hope to, you know, um, work with you again because, you know, we like money, but they, Australian Ethical, according to their ads, they love money. 
Over the last 17 years, she's served the Wollondilly Shire as a councillor and mayor. She's also the chair of the Australian Optometry Board and now she's hoping voters will have enough 2020 vision to put her in the running for a state seat at the New South Wales election. We're going to flip open the Snellen chart and get her to read from the bottom layer. Please welcome to Irrational Fear, Judy Hannon. Welcome, Judy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Did I say that right? Is it a Snellen chart? Is that what, is that what people call it? Yeah, pretty clever. Oh, yeah. Go for 6'6 six, six or 6'5. Six, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Optometry. Now, Judy, <laughs> it's really exciting to have you on the show. We're kind of getting into the, into the New South Wales election mode. You're running as an independent. What do you think you can do as an independent that you can't do in a big party? So in a big party out here, they do nothing. So anything I do will be better and an improvement. There's lots to be done out here and I can certainly act with integrity, uh, which is probably lacking in the parties. I don't have to worry about the parties. I can simply just work for our community out here. And certainly for our koalas as well. There's a there's an amazing book out at the moment which I, I'm reading and rereading. It's uh, by Rick Rubin who uh, produced the Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, Adele and all kinds of things. And he he talks about uh, people who come to a project without knowing all the rules sometimes get far further and get far more creative because they're not beholden to, you know, what's coming before them. Um, as Judy, you mentioned not having to work with the major parties, like being free of the solemnity that surrounds those party rooms, oh, you can't say that because that's such and such. Like being able to speak your mind in these halls of power, do you, do you feel that that would be able to cut through even though those parties hold so much power? I reckon it will. I'm a bit of a bogan. Um, <laughs> I can challenge the, the things like ride my my tractor, see if they can tractor ride faster than me, all sorts of things. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I don't obey the rules politely and, yeah, get a lot of things done out here. Um, It's it's a really interesting area and we supply all your food, so it's important that I get the job done. Food security is a massive part. <laughs> That's one of the big unspoken things around climate change. And your your shire has been on fire and underwater quite a lot in the last couple of years. What kind of things do you want to be able to do to, to you know, kind of help the people that live there in the face of these increasingly volatile situations? So you would have seen the pictures of black roofs with no trees, no backyards, simply big houses on little blocks of land that are just rolled out uh, and they're just creating heat island effects and there's no infrastructure of any description at all so there's a lot to be done out here we've got the warragamba dam wall and you would note that the government say they're going to raise the dam wall it won't put one extra drop of drinking water into sydney but what it will do is destroy a whole lot of cultural indigenous artworks and some really scarce birds it's interesting you kind of bring up a bunch of environmental stuff because the, the, the New South Wales Liberals are really good at painting themselves as quite progressive on net zero targets and carbon emissions and the environment. Is that a scam or, is, or, is that, or do they have some value in that, in that regard? Is there an election coming? <laughs> <laughs> we all saw the police randomly decide to do something last week. They'll just like <laughs> climate change, you know, because there's an election coming, it's becoming popular. Unfortunately, their actions out here are not proving, you know, that they're doing anything substantial and just letting developers run rampant across our whole area that supplies the food for Sydney. They, they might speak the speak, but there's no action in there at all. One of the extraordinary things that I saw driving down Picton Road about a month ago was just the incredible amount of development that is happening 
in, with like huge swathes of land, which probably would have been farmland or, or something, um, but like completely leveled out, flattened, and then the next minute you are driving past all those black roofs and it feels like those houses that you drive past are so big for the lots they're on, they're so close together that it's not, it's not a pleasant place to live and it seems that there's, there's not real much thought other than maximum house for block how, as an independent, can you kind of stop this this huge overdevelopment? Look, we need to look at the planning laws. I don't think anybody can agree that planning laws in New South Wales are good. Um, we need to have enough people in there to change the way it's done. All the people that are planners actually say that the planning is bad, but none of them can break away from the actual, you know, the catalogue of tick here, tick there. But we need to revisit that and do planning in a whole different way, in a sustainable way where people have backyards, they can have trees, where aged care is next to preschools, um, all those things that we know will bring good community values. Um, So there's so much that can be done and I'd like to get enough people in there that we can change the planning laws. Your electorate is part of uh, one of the unfortunately and tragically horrifically last kind of habitats of the koala. What can you do to protect this thing that we as Australians take for granted as our national identity? Yet clearly, like um, I think I was just reading the other day, that entire swathes of the southwest uh, of, of New South Wales, no koalas gone, all gone, all gone. Yeah, it's so weird. Like I, I've never ever seen a, a koala in the natural habitat around Sydney and I've lived here for 40 years. So the koalas in our area are the only chlamydia-free koalas wow. in New South Wales. Are they incels? <laughs> so, so the area they live in is literally having 30,000 houses planted upon it wow. and the koalas unfortunately can't read a map because they're being given corridors to go along. I thought they might give them all little apps on a phone, you know, (laughs) I can turn right here, turn left here. And the problem is if they force them across onto the sandstone area that's beyond there, they will literally starve and they will be much more susceptible to disease. So it's really quite sad and I'd love to see, if I got elected to Parliament in the 25th of March, I'd actually love to see a committee formed for flora and fauna of New South Wales. Oh, great. Oh, this is really interesting, Judy. And like, I, don't get me wrong, I'm like, I am a very passionate person when it comes to protecting the environment and people want to live somewhere. What is the solution here? What's the solution? There's 30,000 houses. What's that? There's 100,000 people. Where do they live? So there is other land and there's a lot of infill that can be done. Unfortunately, what's happening is we're having developers buy, well, you would have seen a couple of weeks ago, we had um, money launderers buy 390 hectares, I believe, in Cordor. But literally the, the developers are buying up our farmland and they are just wiping it out. Wow. So they're not cutting down selective trees or anything like that. They're moonscaping. The whole area. So there is no ability for any flora or fauna to live with these people. And yes, we've got to have houses, but we've got to have houses that are affordable to live in as well as affordable to buy. So the houses that Dan saw or the land that he saw, there is no public transport. There isn't even a plan for water or sewer there. Mind you, I did see that they were talking about selling off Sydney water. We're going to put people there that can't get to work uh, unless they travel for hours on the roads that are already clogged up. 
Um, and you shouldn't you shouldn't start me on it, but like Alan Jones had a shot at me. He, I'm in good company. Who? Um, Alan Jones, <laughs> he had a shot about the fact I was stopping his mates, you know, do development. The, the actual one that you saw, Dan, probably. And I said, sent a message back, fine, come and meet me there, but come by public transport because there isn't any. And yet we're putting thousands yeah. of people there. You yeah. know, and like the, the Netherlands do it so much better. Um, overseas, they have bikes to railway stations and all sorts of magical things. And here we just crowd in as many black roofs and make as much money as we can for developers. I can't believe, Judy, that you are suggesting that selective high-density areas linked together by bicycle paths and high-speed rail is <laughs> the way forward. What do you want this country to be? I thought you were going to say, I can't believe you suggested Alan Jones take public transport. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he lets people share his helicopter with him. That's, yeah, the, that's, that's as public that's... as he gets. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, it's it's just terrible. And the trouble is once they wipe the koalas out, we can't fix it later. They'll mm, be no. gone. Judy, good luck next month. Um, we'll, be, we'll be seeing how you, you travel. And we are at the end of the show. So thanks to all of our guests, uh, Floyd Alexander-Hunt, Osha Gunsberg, Judy Hannum, uh, Lewis Hobber, what have you guys got to plug? Let's start with you, Judy. What would you like to plug? Ah, certainly the uh, cake shop you talked about <laughs> down in Barrel. It is the best. They have a queue that goes down the street for a mile waiting for cakes, especially on a Saturday. <laughs> That's the gumnut bakery in Main Street at Barrel. Bakery, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, the industrial estate version in Mittagong where they where they bake all the cakes because it's much shorter queues. Yeah, that's my that's my hot tip. Lewis, what do you want to plug? Dan, we have some live shows in March and April. The dates of which. Aren't relevant. What does matter is that you buy tickets and attend. March 4 in Adelaide, April 2nd in Melbourne, March 26th in Brisbane. Come along. Uh, Floyd Alexander-Hunt, what would you like to plug? Okay, most important thing I've got to plug is next weekend I'm getting married. So if everyone can just follow me on Instagram and like my photo, that would be amazing. Okay. Osha Gunsberg, what are you plugging? I'd like to plug Dan Illick live on stage with me Friday the 10th of February at Factory Theatre in Marrickville, 7pm for NTNN, NNN, Real Stories, Fake News. I've always wanted to do a fake news show because I saw Dan do one once. Uh, No one, no network gave me one, so I made one up. And it's freaking fun. It's super amazing. Early doors, 7 o'clock. Um, come along. Oh, also Melbourne Melbourne International Comedy Festival uh, from the 30th of March. Yes, and a big thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. Also, thanks to Road Mike's Australian Ethical. Big thanks to Jacob Brown on the Teppanyaki Timeline for all of his amazing work. And we will see you uh, next time. See you then. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.